Well, I'm not a big fan of the this is the new that conversation that often happens in the world. I, I do have to say, I think The Expanse is the new Star Trek. Or at least it's accomplishing what Star Trek originally did. But for our time. Let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, or my other kind of, sort of new book, The Chain, which I promise new chapters are coming as the revisions continue. It's just, it's been really hard with the revamp of Project Shadow to have time to do anything else, but soon, because the itch to write is there. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about The Expanse, because I have a lot to say about it, and the Season 4 trailer looked amazing. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the more likelihood it is we'll get to meet each other. And then we can build a community, and that would be awesome. Because, after all, that's what this is all about. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. Okay, so The Expanse. Now, I'm not going to make this... I'm not going to belabor the... Um, I guess it's an analogy. It's a hyperbolic statement. I That's The Expanse is the new Star Trek. But, I, as you all know, I'm not a fan of that construction, especially in argumentation, but it was something that popped out of my mouth while I was at Shore Leave talking to some people about The Expanse, and I was shocked that I used those words. And so we talked about it for a long period of time, and I know why I use those words, and that's kind of why I wanted to do an episode about it. Now, this is not a this or that episode. I love Star Trek. I will forever love Star Trek. Star Trek is one of my great first loves. Having said that, Star Trek originally had a mission. You see, the purpose of Star Trek was to show us what the world could be like. We forget that in the countless series and movies well, actually, they're countable, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that have come in the interim, especially since the departure of Gene Roddenberry. He wanted to show a future world without hunger, without poverty, that had solved most of the basic problems of humanity through technology. And you notice that that did not solve everything. Jealousy still remains. There are anger, frustration, pride. The basics of what make a human a human remain after that, but it's a whole different world when you're living in a place without 
racial animus or any other type of just stupid archaic bigotry. And nobody has to worry about the rich and the poor anymore because there is no poverty, there is no wealth. There is only paradise. And this is a story that got challenged in Deep Space Nine, but challenged in a very smart way. And I have to say, at least as far as television shows go, Deep Space Nine is one of the first predecessors of a show like The Expanse. In the brilliant two-parter, The Maquis, one of the impassioned speeches that Cisco gives is that it's easy to be a saint when you live on Earth, because it's easy to be a saint in paradise. Because on Earth, they figured out all the small things. But out here on the frontier, they're still fixing those problems. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. This idea that while, yes, technology can save so much and help us do so much, that technology has to be available, it has to be implemented, and other strife can't be present. And that's what gets explored through the Maquis storyline and through the entire plot arc about the Maquis that follows. Firefly, of course, kind of naturally feeds into this idea. And yes, I know the books are based on novels by... I'm not just... No, I'm not going to talk about the books. I'm not going to... The books for right now, for me, are not important. Because let's all be honest here. Sci-fi television is its own beast. And if there was not a space broken out for it, the expanse couldn't happen. This is one of the reasons why the sci-fi channel had such a problem with it, because it didn't fit the nice, tidy sci-fi mold that they wanted to put it in. But with shows like Babylon 5 that showed that you could have an intricate plot that spanned not only a season, but seasons of a show and that audiences would pay attention. Without Firefly, that showed that you could do really fun anti-heroes in space. Without these predecessors, a show like The Expanse might not have been able to find the audience that it did. And the show itself has given us a very broad gamut of characters. It has given us all manner of new words for us to play around with and new ideas. But why do I call it the new Star Trek? Because in the tradition of great science fiction, it is showing us the world as it is through the metaphor of space travel. We see the haves and the have-nots. We see those who live in so much luxury that they don't know what to do with themselves. Everything's automated. Life is so easy that they don't have to work anymore. In fact, there's no work to engage in. So you have those that have found pursuits to explore, and you have those that have been forced to the periphery with nothing to do because they don't have the opportunities. They're not given the opportunities. Then we see the struggle and the fight on Mars to tame a hostile frontier. And then we see the Belters, who have been abused and misused 
so much that even they question whether or not they should rightfully be put in the same category as either the Terrans or the Martians. These basic striations of the working class, those who are made redundant by the technology and cares of the world, and those who live in so much luxury that they see the lives of these other people as little more than game pieces that can be moved on a map. That's kind of how our world works. And we see the politics in this, and we see the, the material discomfort that comes along with all of that. And the brilliant thing about the show, especially given that it was made recently, is that it doesn't fall into polemic at any point. Yeah, sure, the Belters can sometimes, you know, be a little vocal about wanting their rights. But when you look at what's being done to them, you don't question whether or not they have legitimate grievances. And that's beautiful. Because what good science fiction should do, what Star Trek used to do, was hold up a mirror to, ourselves, to us and let us see ourselves as we are, warts and all, and propose ways that we might be able to be different. Now, the way The Expanse does this is through the crew of the Rossinante. The Rossi should not work, especially in this world, where you have a Earthborn human, a Martian, and a Belter. These three, just, just taking in those three characters, should not be able to work together. The basic mistrust that is developed between them should prevent them from being able to do anything, and does arise periodically from time to time. But they work through it. They find a way. And in finding a way, they show that no problem is insurmountable. That as long as we understand that family is more than blood, and kinship is bred out of mutual affection and respect for one another, we can accomplish great things. Things that we could never do on our own. That, to me, is the heart of the expanse, and why I have to say it is the new Star Trek. Now, The Expanse has had a hard time finding an audience, and it's not because people don't like it. It's because the sci-fi channel didn't like it. And I'm not going to go through all of the ins and outs and the drama that has preceded us to this point, or the ins and outs and drama that got Jeff Bezos to buy the series and move it to Amazon Prime, because we've talked about that some on the podcast in the past, and there are many who have covered it in much more detail than I can get into in what's left of this episode. But the main problem this show had is that it, it's a show about things. It has a heart. It has a living, breathing soul that has its own type of story to tell. 
And as such, if you're a corporate... I don't even know what to call Sci-Fi Channel anymore, because, you know, they were all about not being science fiction, and then, well, that didn't work, so they kind of jumped back in, and who knows where they're at now. But if you're a corporate machine that all it cares about is cranking out money, you're going to dumb down the trailers as much as possible. You're going to dumb down the commercials as much as possible and just be like, look, stupid action. Woohoo! Hey, what do you think? You want some dumb action? And this does two major disservices to a show like The Expanse. One, people like me who... No, I'm not in the mood for a dumb action series. Don't watch for quite some time. I didn't get into The Expanse until season two. And that was only kind of by accident. <laughs> Happened to catch an episode of it and thought, huh, that looks interesting. And then started looking into it. So yeah, that, that poses a big problem for a show like The Expanse when it doesn't fit into your molds. And all you know how to do is ship things that come in molds. But that's the beauty of the series. It has the courage to be its own thing. It has the courage to forge its own way. We've all seen stories that take place on Earth and a terraform Mars. We've all seen alien invasion stories and monster in the house alien stories. We've seen stories about space combat, being trapped in weird anomalies. We've seen these a thousand times as sci-fi fans. But the unseen and unspoken brilliance of The Expanse is that it allows these stories to take on a character all their own. It had the audacity to have a voice. And, well... We know that that's not something that a lot of modern broadcast and cable television really wants. They want a commodity that they can easily package. They want something that they can make toys out of and sell. When you're actually telling a story with real, flawed characters, like Firefly did, well, it's, it's hard to sell a toy based on any of the characters from Firefly, because... Well, I mean, do you really want to encourage children to watch it? I mean, one of the characters is a prostitute, after all. And given the shady past every character on The Expanse has, well, that makes it hard to market towards children. And it's not an adult series in the same way that Game of Thrones was an adult series. A lot of what Game of Thrones got away with is it had enough TNA in it that it distracted people from its medievalism and its other fantasy elements until they had been boiled like the proverbial frog into liking the show. Now, The Expanse is a smart show that meets you on its own terms and says, hey, I'm not going to explain a lot of this to you. You're going to have to learn it on your own. You're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to follow. And I'm going to do it in a very simple way. Season one, I'm going to set up a noirish mystery that takes place in space. You know what a noir is. That feels cozy. That feels safe. We have our classic noir detective character. We have his 
doting and idiotic sidekick. We have all of the elements and tropes that we expect for a noir detective story. But it doesn't go where we expect it to go. Because it keeps being interrupted by the story of these other people. These people that were attacked for no reason by a Martian ship. They were then captured by a Martians. They were then attacked by a third group that they thought were, were Martians, but apparently aren't because they're attacking a Martian ship. What's all this other stuff? And I'm trying not to give spoilers because I don't know how many of you have actually seen The Expanse. And one of the things that I really want to do with this episode is talk you into seeing it. But by allowing you to meet all the characters and to meet the world on its own terms, when you start hearing Belter speak for the first time, it's jarring. Because it's, they don't explain to you what the words mean. You have to pick them up. You have to invest yourself into the story. And the characters make that so easy to do. Because each one has some tasty little hook that makes you want to know more. Every character, every ship, for goodness sakes, from the Nauvoo to the Rasananti herself, every asteroid, every planet that we meet, every member of the Earth's government, every Martian, there's something about them that makes you want to know more. Most shows would have chickened out. They would have had an explainer character follow everybody around and, oh, that thing, that's what this means. And they do, periodically, especially in the first season, explain to you some of the Belter speak. They do explain what some of the terms mean. Because, well, we do have an outsider character, at least for a little bit, who, well, several actually, who are encountering these words for the first time. But the complexity of Belter culture, and how it has developed, and the various gangs that are working for liberation. Exactly who the OPA are and why they're doing what they're doing. Are they just a gangster organization? Are they just a gang trying to make money off the Teamsters at the dock? Or are they actually working for the liberation of the belt? All of these factions, all of these characters, this entire world is brought vividly to life where you believe that they're doing things off-camera. You believe that they had a life before the story started, and you want to know more. That's something Star Trek used to be very good at. And I, I feel like it will one day get back to it at some point. It has to. Everything goes in cycles. But the stories that they're able to tell with the cast that they have developed, these are the stories of our time, of people from disparate backgrounds having to learn how to cope with one another, let alone appreciate what each brings to the table. These are the stories that we need. The diverse cast, the wonderful, wonderful effect shots. And I have to say, I'm just going to stop there for a minute because, oh, I miss really pretty space sequences and shows. 
and the expanse had quite a few and it looks like we're gonna get some really nice ones some fancy play with gravity and physics that makes you think battle tactics that actually make sense if you haven't watched the expanse i hope i have tempted you into doing so if you have i would love to do more episodes on the expanse i just kind of wanted to present this idea as we talked about it at the convention and i wanted to try to lure anyone who hasn't seen the show into watching it but if you would like to talk more about the expanse please let me know in the show notes you'll find a link for sending me a voice message you can also hit me up on twitter and instagram i'm ce dorset on both i also have a facebook page you can find that for project shadow and send me a message over there some people do don't use facebook as much as i use twitter twitter's probably the best place to ever find me online if you're trying to but yeah it's a wonderful series thank you for listening if you haven't already please rate this episode it does make a huge difference or rate the entire podcast whichever the app you're in in lets you do can't really express how much of a difference it makes when you all do that if you have a dollar you can pass my way really does help out a lot you can either in the show notes you'll find a link for both my patreon and the community support tab the only real difference between the two is the people on patreon occasionally get stuff so if that's stuff that you want sign up over there if not do it at the community support page or whatever you want really does help out helps me to do everything that i do if you don't have any money or you don't feel like giving right now don't worry about it that's all right trust me i live in the place where money is tight but if you know somebody you think would like the show please do share it with them that helps out a bunch too i have a lot of stuff in the works i've been doing artwork all day so yeah lots of stuff on the horizon until next time Don't forget, have the fun. Bye.